Welcome to the Triathlon ACT podcast, where you'll find out all the latest news, events, results, and backstory of all things triathlon. You'll also hear from the incredible people who bring triathlon in the heart of the nation's capital to life. And now your hosts, all the way from Canberra, Australia, Craig Johns and Emily Stacey. Welcome to episode six of the Triathlon ACT podcast. Looking out the window here, I can see some snow out on the Brindabellas, which is pretty cool. And it's been what a brisk it, weekend, right? It's been a very brisk weekend. And I've seen so many posts of people out and about um, with their training in the snow over the past couple of days. And it's a special reminder of how privileged we are to enjoy the Ngunnawal land. And we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of this land and pay our respects to them, their culture and their elders past and present. It's great to be on the show today, Emily. It's always great, Craig. I love it. And so we were busy last weekend at the Sri Shimnoi Off-Road Duathlon. Um, beautiful weather, warmed up. It was a bit cool early on and a lot of competitors. Yeah, no, it was, it was cold. I was driving up from home. It was beautiful and sunny and then driving into the soup. But that did clear a bit later on. Yeah, so we had just about a record number of competitors there. I think around 115. So fantastic. Great to see everyone out. We'll talk about the results in On Your Mark section. Um, Club President's meeting this week. It is on the 15th. I'm excited. It's my first Club President's meeting. Yeah, so for all the members out there and triathletes, what we do is around three or four times a year, we get the Club Presidents together. We talk about different topics. And the Presidents are really a big part of deciding what, what are our strategies moving forward, what are our operational aspects, and a big one, obviously, this week is going to be about our upcoming events. So we've got the ACT Duathlon Champs. We're still looking for a few um, course managers, and we'll be putting out a thing for volunteers later this week. Yep. There's also going to be cake. So I did promise the club presidents that there would be cake at this meeting, so get my bake on. And knowing Emily, it's going to be healthy cake as well. Now, you might have seen in the news over the past week or so that um, the Canberra Aqua Park is going in at Black Mountain Peninsula. Um, so we just wanted to let you know what effects that does have. It, it changes the ability for young children and also novices to be able to go train in that great training environment. So you're pretty much going to lose half of that roped off area at Black Mountain Peninsula. Um, so we are going to be making some changes um, to some of the events and we'll be informing you over the next couple of weeks what they are. We've got to talk with our club presidents. We're still dealing with the authorities around this. But a few challenges, but with adversity, Emily, there's always opportunity. So we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, no, we'll do a good job. All right, so a We've had pretty long shows lately, so we're going to bring this one back into where we really want it, and that's around about 40 minutes long. And so we're going to kick off with On Your Marks. On Your Marks. So we've had some a lot of racing happening over the past couple of weeks, both here in Australia and overseas. So to kick it off, we had the Sri Chimnoy Off-Road Duathlon. In the short solo female division, we had Laura Darlington first, Bron Ryan second, and Rowena Woods third. In the short solo male section, we had Guy Jones first, Stephen Sabraya, and Michael Smither Smitherman. In the long female category, Katrina Cousins took that out ahead of Bianca Beatrice Wong and Heather Gal Carey. And in the long solo male, we had Thomas Crutcher. 
um, Mark Bourne and Dave Hardwick. So congratulations to everyone that competed at their event. We had about 115, 120 people in teams, individuals, over a short and long course. Great event. If you missed it this year, make sure you sign up next year. It's a cracker. Uh, Penny Slater from T3C and Bilby's was over Exeter European Champs last weekend in the Czech Republic. And she had a, a solid race, finishing sixth in the main race. And then on the Sunday, it was the first ever short track Xterra race. So short, fast, dynamic, lots of spectators. And she managed to finish seventh there, right on the rivet. And uh, I know she was really sucking in some big ones there during that race. In Malmo ITU European Cup race, Cullen McCluskey T3C finished 33rd. And Adam Rudgley T3C also was in that race and unfortunately had another crash and DNF. So he's had a bit of a rough season, um, but hopefully he'll get back up on the horse, so to speak, and he'll be pulling out some big, big results this upcoming summer. Corey Bacon is continuing his big American and uh, Canadian tour of triathlon, and he raced in the Ironman 70.3 Boulder event, finishing eighth in his age group. So he got a great taste of being up at altitude and what a stunning location Boulder is. It's, it's one of the meccas of triathlon in the world. Coach's Corner, I'm here with Dal Madge from Defence Triathlon and we are talking about legs slowing you down. Yeah, g'day Craig. You know, a lot of people talk um, about buoyancy in the water and they think that uh, the reason why they're slowing down is something about that they're not buoyant, but actually people do have different buoyancies, but quite often it's what they're doing in their stroke that is actually making their legs sink um, towards the bottom of the pool. So it's around pivoting the body, isn't it? So yeah, it's it's honestly it is, but it's it's about how to get those legs up, like um, so that your body is like more horizontal in that water uh, instead of being uh, with your head um, up high and your legs sinking down. So what would be one really small, simple? tip to, to do that well you know what Craig it's really quite amazing that a, a majority of people who have their legs sinking down to the ground or, or some of them most at least have um, don't actually breathe properly in the water what they do is that they think that they're breathing and they take this big um, breath and as soon as they put their head underwater they don't exhale and this is quite often um, noted when you see as they come back out to take a breath you'll see this massive big exhalation of air and then if you look towards the back end it's actually um, enabling their legs to sink down because their chest is so buoyant. This year is very exciting. Triathlon Australia has teamed up with Science and Sport to give all of the members an opportunity to get 12 free gels. Now, Science and Sport is the only brand globally to hold both informed sport site certification and informed sport product certification. That means that every single batch of Science and Sport finished products which leaves the company's factory is screened against the 2018 World Anti-Doping Agency list. So that's good news for you guys. Now, if you renew your membership by the 31st of August, you'll receive an email in the first week of September on how to redeem those. You can get them for free, but all you have to do is pay $9.99 for shipping unless you wanted to spend an extra $15 and then the shipping is free.
is such a great deal because you know 12 gels that's pretty much for most people enough gels to get them through every single race this season mm -hmm. and the cool thing is that informed sport is so important because you know we are we see a number of people who take what they think are great sport supplements or, or energy gels etc but quite often they're made in the same places that other um, medical or um, tablets are formed etc and they don't always clean the clean the surfaces or clean the things that are mixing them properly the dispensers and that's where contamination can occur so within form sport they are fully cleaned it is only the SIS products that they're making at that one time that are on the table in those areas and it is a great way to make sure that you are staying drug-free and that you're competing fairly with your competitors okay we're here at the Sri Chimnoy off-road duathlon today um, how did you guys go in the race today? Uh, yeah, I had a good day today. Um, it's a nice sunny day. I uh, got out there, got a good uh, lead on the bike and held on to it. It was good fun. Yeah, and Kylie, you raced as well? Yeah, I raced a short course race. It was great fun. Um, a lot warmer today than last time I did this race, so that was a win for me. Yeah, for people who haven't done the Sri Chimino Off-Road Duathlon, what's the course? <coughs> You know, so you start off with a run, what's it, it goes through botanical gardens? Yeah, that's right. So first run uh, is through the, uh, the loop road around the botanic gardens. It's uh, quite undulating, but, uh, but paved. Uh, once you get onto your bike, you get onto the, uh, the, the great fire roads around Black Mountain. Um, you know, lots of dust, lots of gravel, uh, some really uh, steep hills, but, um, but nothing, too, nothing too, uh, too scary from a technical uh, viewpoint and then uh, second run um, lots of steep climbs lots of rocks uh, quite quite tough so I reckon there are three really great things about this race the first thing is that you actually go through the Botanic Gardens and I think it's the only race that is allowed to do that so that's really cool um, the second thing for like a, someone who's used to on-road triathlon is that uh, it's on fire road, so you can actually really fang it on the, you know, there's some flat parts which you can really, really race hard on. Um, and then the third thing at the end is the pancakes, of course, because it's Sri Chin Moy and they feed us very well and it's yum. <laughs> and how did you how did you finish up today? We were, what position did you end up in? Uh, I managed to, uh, to take the win in the short race and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I had a good day, but yeah. Without our great sponsors, the Sport of Triathlon would not be able to go ahead. So I'd like to thank our partners and sponsors from Sport and Recreation Canberra, Triathlon Australia, Proximity, EY, Rolf Classic BMW, Sports Care and Physiotherapy, Canberra Southern Cross Club, The Runner Shop Canberra, Red Hill Super Express, H2O Marine, Lonsdale Street Cyclery, Elite Energy Events, Virgin Australia, Project Clothing, Training Peaks and Star Outdoor. Rolf Classic BMW. Now, they've got a great event coming up this week on Thursday the 15th of August between 5.30 and 8 p.m. at Rolf Classic BMW in Philip. It's called the Rare Birds and Rolf Classic BMW Ignition Series, or the Business Ignition Series. Now, this is all about um, entrepreneurship, mentoring, connecting people together, networking, and you can get free tickets to that event on the on their Facebook event page. So go to Rolf Classic BMW, check out their events and click on and get a ticket for that. Now, if you turn up, there's a door prize to win a BMW for a weekend with lunch for four at the Four Winds Vineyard. 
As well as that, you get 12 months mentoring with rare birds and I think they throw in some wine as well. So pretty amazing opportunities there and a great way to go meet other people, especially if you're an entrepreneur or looking to go down that path. I'm gonna be attending. Are you coming along, Emily? I won't be, but I will look forward to lunch with you when you, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> The starting line. Magpie season is just around the corner. So annoying. Ah, uh, yes and no. If you're prepared, it's not too bad. So around um, the second or third week in August, usually all the way through to the first Tuesday of November, Ooh, Melbourne gonna, Cup Day. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yep, Melbourne Cup Day, magpies get quite aggressive in protecting their nests. Why do they get aggressive? I've actually heard that it's the males and their testicles get too tight, so then they attack people for that. Oh wow, that's, okay, so they're protecting the young and and obviously the eggs in their nest to mm -hmm. make sure. And so what do they do? They, they swoop down, they get pretty close to you. Quite often they peck you on the neck or yeah, have a crack the neck, at the helmet. Neck, ears, helmet, eyes, yeah. So what is a good idea when you're out running and riding at this time of year is to be prepared Helmets do offer a little bit of protection. Cable ties on your helmets, do not. Do not do that, okay? You look silly and it does have no effect. Um, wearing glasses is a good idea and even having something over your ears. So either wearing a, a hat if you're running, um, maybe a buff over your ears can help protect your ears from being pecked. And once you know where they are, obviously trying to avoid those. I know there's a couple of sections that they are always at. There's one on the far side of Lake Billy Griffin near um, near the, the, the airport side. And there's also a section that I always find when I'm going from the office and I drive down, I ride down towards the lake and you go over to, um, down Kent Street and then towards Yarralama and it gets me every single time. Did you know, Craig, that there is an app, it's called Magpie Alert, that you can actually log those attacks. So people all around Canberra can get on this app. If you get attacked by a bird, you can plot it on the map so people know where to not go during magpie season. But it's not as bad as that video clip I saw recently where the ostrich was having a crack at the guys um, when they were riding up this hill and ostriches can hold like something like 45, 50k an hour and these guys are just belting it up this road yeah, so <laughs> while these ostriches are charging. The magpie territory is not that long um, so kind of if you keep your head down and then either pedal or run as fast as you can, it doesn't matter. Whistleblower, in the sport of triathlon, when you do something wrong, there are some things that come into play. One, you could get a warning. Two, you could get a yellow card, which is a stop-start penalty. Three, you could get a blue card, which is a penalty, which is a longer period of time, and then you get a red card where you get disqualified. Now, today we're just gonna talk about the yellow card. This is a stop-start penalty for a minor infringement, which is served with a technical official anywhere on the course. This penalty involves the display of a yellow card by a technical official and advice on when and where the competitor is to serve the penalty. The competitor may resume racing only after being instructed to do so by a technical official. If the competitor is instructed to proceed to the bike course penalty box to serve a yellow card stop start penalty, then the competitor is required to attend the next penalty box, not whenever they want, it's the next one. 
Failure to do so may result in disqualification. Whilst in the penalty box, the competitor will be required to sign a penalty box register. The competitor may resume racing only after being instructed, as we said earlier, by the penalty box technical official. Now, here are the things that could get you a yellow card. Your bicycle helmet not securely fastened, discarding equipment, so i.e. littering on the course, so you can't throw away those SIS gels that you get with your membership. Mounting before the mount line or dismounting after the dismount line. Blocking, so that's when you are riding through the draft zone and you're kind of stopping someone from continuing to move forward. You slow down, it slows them down, that's called blocking. Outside assistance, so Emily, when I'm racing, when I was racing, you couldn't just go and hand me a new bike or a drink bottle, anything like that, that could give me a yellow card. And deliberately not wearing your race numbers provided. So when you're provided race numbers, it's for everyone to wear. It's a safety thing. It's for medical. Um, it's to ensure that we know who's finishing and we can do a double check just in case you lose your timing chip as well. Club Spotlight. This week we're talking about JT Multisport and I'm here with James Thorpe. Thanks Craig, uh, it's good to be here. So JT Multisport, we're a, we're a Canberra-based triathlon club, obviously a triathlon ACT club. Um, we work with a wide variety of athletes, starting from beginner triathletes, people who've never done a triathlon before, or even people looking to do their first 5K. Um, we work with a lot of swimmers who are, are working on their swim technique. Um, we have a big, big focus on swim technique. Um, right through to junior and under 23, and we've even had a couple of athletes who have recently earned their elite license. Um, so we've got a, a really big range of athletes. Um, the great thing about our club is that we have an awesome culture. Everyone supports each other. So it doesn't matter if you are a first-time athlete or if you are more of an elite athlete. All our athletes, they support each other. Um, and that's probably the thing we're most proud of. So triathlon's an individual sport. Why is it so important to build that team culture and that social aspect inside a club? Yeah, you're exactly right. It's a very individual sport. Um, when you're out there on race day, it is very, um, very lonely out there from time to time. So having, having the support of your teammates out there on course um, is massive. Obviously, when we're at races, we, we, usually, um, we usually have a few athletes traveling together, supporting each other. Um, and if not, they're always on social media supporting each other, which is great. And the other thing too is just training day in, day out, especially over the winter at the moment, it's a little bit cold um, or it has been a little bit cold over the winter. Thankfully, it's warming up. Um, so it's good to, it's good to, you know, if you've got a run um, and you're not quite feeling it, it's good to get out there with someone else who's there to support you. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you wake up at five o'clock in the morning and you've got the duvet wrapped around you and it's, it's got a frost outside, having that external motivation of knowing that someone else from your team is going to be there. So you don't want to let your teammates down. Yeah, exactly right. I think it's a little bit easier to get up in the morning and to get to the session if you know that you're going to have 10 or 20 of your, of your good friends out there running with you. And if people want to join JT Multisport or find out more information, what, where can they go and what's the best way to contact you? The best way is either through Facebook. Um, so we've got a Facebook page, which is JT Multisport. Um, uh, otherwise, Triathlon ACT website. Um, you find a link to our, our club on, on Triathlon ACT website. Our website itself is just jtmultisport.com.au. Thanks, James. Thanks very much. On this episode's how stuff works we're talking about what the race director does pre-race prior to giving the green light for the a race start so first 
they need to double check that the road's closed. And that's normally done about an hour before the start of the first race. Really close to the race, they will get checks from the cycle course, run course, and swim course managers who give the green light to say, yes, the course is set. We also check in with the medical, make sure the medical staff are prepared and ready to go. And then finally, we talk to the technical director and race referee to ensure that they are happy that the course that has been set is safe and secure and they're ready for us to allow the race to proceed. So that's generally what a race director is doing in those frantic moments while you're nervous on the start line. They are there also making sure every check is in place so that you have a safe and enjoyable and fast race. What's happening? Well, this weekend on the 17th and 18th of August, we have the foundation coach course at the AIS. Very exciting. I hope everyone has done their pre-course work. Yes, and we've got uh, eight people attending that event and we've also, so I'm leading the course as a course facilitator. We've got Ben Gathercole, Emily, you're joining us, and we've got Glenn Stursteps as the mentor assessors as well for that yeah. great weekend at AIS. It's going to be a ripper. Um, on the 30th of August to the 1st of September is the ITU World Champs in Lausanne. On the 7th and 8th of September is the Development Coach course, where the coaches who we had in a few weeks ago are coming back. We're going to see how well they've grown and developed, which been, is exciting. They've been doing a lot of work over the past few weeks and in the lead up to that one to take what they learned and what they what we identified as them doing really well and also areas to work on. And they've got a, help, a lot of work that they're doing with their home coaches leading into that second week in development coach course. Mm -hmm. On the 14th of September, we have the ACT Duathlon Champs, which is also a world qualifying event. And registrations online at the moment, make sure you register, get in early because the price uh, there will be a price rise, um, I think about 10 days out from the event. So make sure you get in early and get that great deal that's there. Yeah, even better deal though is our triathlon series pass. Yes, the series pass is launched yesterday and they are all online now. You can save oh, over a hundred bucks on some races um, yep. on even just the early bird pricing for each race. So up to 33% off there is options for triathletes um, and that's kind of racing the age group series. You've then got an option for novice series, so for those that are first timers in clubs and also in the club novice programs, we have a triathlon series pass for those that are a draft legal youth, draft legal junior, professional under 23, and professional licensed um, members. So they have a different one because of the Capital Trilogy Triathlon Race Series. And and then we also have Tri Kids. Yep. So Tri Kids, if you're in for a whole year, and it's a great deal. Is it like fifty bucks for fifty bucks for, for all the six races. races? Fifty bucks for six races for kids. Absolute bargain. So make sure you guys check that out online. Um, just go to Triathlon ACT events page and find the series pass. Cool. All right. Moving on. On the 18th of September, we have the Triathlon ACT AGM, which will be held at the Southern Cross Canberra in Woden. Yes, and we'll be looking for new people to come onto that board as we've got at least one that's stepping down. Um, and as part of the constitution, you get to vote people onto the board. Cool. 17th of November, the Sri Shimnoi Triple Try. Possibly one of the greatest events in the Canberra Epic. Triathlon. Epic. Let's hope we get some good weather for that. Yes. And last but not least in the coming up, we have the Jackie Fairweather Memorial Triathlon on the 30th of November, which is also a world qualifying event for the Draft Legal Sprint. 
On this week's episode of the Triathlon ACT podcast, we're interviewing Dave Halpin. And Dave has been in the sport for quite a while now, loves his endurance sport, very passionate triathlete. Let's start off with your backstory into triathlon. How did it all start, Dave? Yeah, I started triathlon back in 2011. I didn't really enjoy the swimming, the riding or the running before this. Uh, it was a little challenge for me to, to try and hopefully get through a half Ironman, to be honest, is it was just one of those bucket list jobs to try and tick off is um, just just stay fit. And I wasn't really enjoying the gym or anything. And, you know, I was just going to try and stay healthy, but wanted a, a purpose, something to keep me going when I was exercising. and. And I'd always admired triathletes. I'd always found this sport really fascinating, but hadn't really probably had the opportunities to get involved till um, a mate proposed it as an idea to um, set up a kind of, I think it was a nine month challenge to um, take it from not much running, riding and swimming up to obviously to finish a half Ironman nine months later when it was back here in Canberra. Yeah, so what a great, in, into it so you obviously were at the gym did you play other sports when you were young i did yeah i always loved sports so i was uh playing a lot of rugby union and then rowing in in summer and and tennis i guess as well before i got into rugby and rowing as well so i always loved my sport i, I just kind of did what i could but yeah i have to say i didn't i kind of tried to avoid the swimming and running and riding at at high school and everything and didn't think i'd be doing a lot of that these days you're a five times Ironman finisher with a PB of nine hours 33, which yes. is a impressive, impressive time. So deep down, what motivates you to get up in the morning and be a triathlete? Yeah, I think the big thing is just trying to be better than I was yesterday or the week before or just, you know, just improving on my fitness and strength. I um, I just find the human body especially just so fascinating and and with my kind of work background and everything, I just, I really, I think I got into it seriously from that fascination of how can I get better and then watching that body to evolve to be faster than it was last week or month or year is is I just I think it's really cool how the body evolves into a bigger and better thing and so doing five Ironmans you know takes a little bit of toll on the body mm. what what is it about that longer distance that really you know drives you you know you do shorter yes but you tend to fall into that I like doing the longer stuff and going further yeah yeah, I definitely love the longer stuff a lot more. I like the mental challenge definitely of that, you know, especially an Ironman is there's just something about that, you know, whole day event of that brutal, the emotions you go through, the physical challenge of getting through that. And while I... I probably, to be honest, thought I'd just tick the one Iron Man off and that was it. But now I really, I still love getting out and training to try and beat my previous times. And, and it's that real mental challenge you go through during a race of, um, you know, just, yeah, that, that can I do this? I'm, I'm really hurting, but pushing through. And, and it's, it's just something about that longer course endurance that you don't get in the sprint as such because it's over and done with a lot quicker whereas it's that pushing through for hours is i find that digging deep is yeah it's a whole different mental game so last year you raced at the itu world triathlon champs on the gold coast you know what was it like to put on the green and gold and race in front of a home crowd yeah it was incredible it was a really awesome experience to do it um 
I'd, I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but um, it was just really great to, as you said, put on the Aussie jersey and, um, and race around. And I had a really good day out as well. And I think that big race kind of lifts you up and I did a great PB and, you know, you just, there's just something about racing a world champs, which is just incredible and yeah, love the experience. It's a triathlon, such an individual sport, but within a club environment, you, you build this kind of community around you. But when you're at that world champs, it's a much bigger team. So did it feel like you were in more of a team sport or did it feel, still feel very individual racing at that world? Yeah, that's right. You definitely, you're going away and we went away for a week with the club and, and you're around each other quite a lot. So, so leading into race day itself was great to be around other people preparing for this big race altogether was, was a great experience. Um, and then I guess, yeah, when you're out on that course, it's just you, but you've still got your mates around the course. You've got all the other people who did the sprint race the couple the days before they're cheering you on um, you know Canberra triathlon is a pretty small close community as well so it wasn't just the club guys that were out cheering you on but I think just everyone from Canberra and even the outer Canberra community of people you know around from other races were there just cheering you not only because they know you but even just because you'll an Aussie out on the course was was really good so You've done the short stuff, been a world champs, you, you love your Ironman distance, but it's just not enough. So earlier this year, you finished fourth at Ultraman Australia. You know, for the listeners out there who haven't heard of Ultraman before, it's a 10K swim and 140 kilometer cycle on day one. Day two, you do a 281.8 kilometer cycle. And just for fun, on day three, you do an 84.3 kilometer run. Wow. You finished fourth, that, that's an impressive achievement. Uh, what, what sort of time commitment was involved in preparing for that race? Yeah, it was pretty big. It was, um, it was, it was hard getting the head around the fact of what I had to, what I had to put through in the three days. Um, I hadn't done any of those distances leading up. I'd never swum more than five and a half Ks in the pool before, and then I had to swim 10 Ks in the ocean. I hadn't ridden more than probably 200 k's, which was leading into an Ironman, um, and then I had never run more than a marathon before. So, so it was definitely it was it was challenging leading into it. Getting my head around the training to do those distances over three days was was pretty brutal. Um, but I mean, that's obviously as I was saying is what really interested me in the race was that huge challenge of something I hadn't done before gave me a purpose and. I didn't really have too many times uh, having trouble getting out and training for that race. Is that there wasn't many times where I didn't want to get up in the morning and go out and train. Um, I was knocking out probably an average of 24, 25 hours a week and my biggest weeks were those higher 20s. So I think I hit out a few 28, 29 hour weeks. Uh, the, the hardest thing was, you know, balancing that, getting the training loads in consistently every week, trying to find some quality in that training so it wasn't all just long and slow. But also, obviously, when you're every week you're doing more kilometers than you've ever done before is avoiding that overtraining and avoiding injuries. And because that was my biggest fear was getting an injury a month out and not being able to make it to the start line. So that recovery is so important. So you're balancing work yeah you know um your social life yeah. and then obviously doing 25 plus hours training a week yeah 
how did you fit your recovery in and what type of recovery were you doing during that training? Yeah, definitely. So look, it's, it's important. I had a really supportive partner and everyone around me who was really understanding and supported me along the way. Uh, that's really important, obviously. Uh, just eating as much as I can. And I think over the years of Ironman training and racing, you learn when to eat. Is It's just trying to get lots of small snack foods in throughout the day. Just when when you're doing 28 hours a week or close to most weeks you as i found with working as you said as well it's just it's it's trying to eat as much as you can you probably can't eat too much so yeah lot, lots of snacks were coming to work every day big brekkie lunch and dinner um, just just getting it all in i was getting the leg compression pants in as much as possible ice baths wherever possible um yeah so so obviously that combination of of making sure i'm getting the nutrition in drinking enough water as much as possible and then that aided recovery wherever you can you know we always talk about athletes having discipline but it goes to a whole nother level when you're you're preparing for ultraman when you're actually racing though the discipline to hold back especially on day one must be really challenging you know for someone that that's really competitive but when you're in a three-day race you have to be able to pull the reins back don't you yeah you do i mean that was definitely the other unknown was a can i get through the distance but b is i could have had two awesome first few days and then that's pretty pointless if you blow up halfway through the third day and you've got to walk in the last marathon is is your whole ultraman's kind of almost gone if if it happened like that so it was finding that balance between getting the best performance i could out of the three days but also making sure you know i didn't turn up on the third day which is you know it's a double marathon it's a big day is you've got to still have quite a lot of energy and reserve left for that that big day and i think it's that that whole challenge of trying to run when you've already put that much hurt and pain and stress on the body mm. is a big challenge so how did you know during that 84k run was it quite easy at the beginning and then like at what point did it get really challenging and become all mental on that last day yeah it's interesting obviously coming from you know normal triathlon where you're usually running off the bike with on fatigued legs the benefit of an ultraman is they put the whole run on the last day so you haven't I had hardly run for a week before the legs were f- the running legs were kind of fresh in their own way um, so the first marathon I felt pretty good actually I ended up having a pretty good first marathon it definitely hit me around the 50 55 60k mark but uh, yeah the first half of the double marathon was surprisingly pretty good and I think that was the fact that I had a really good support crew that that second as soon as I finished on the second day I had a you know a protein shake in my hand I had sports drinks I got fed as soon as you know I got through they had ice baths they're ready to go so the recovery was as good as you could get so I mean you nail all that recovery aspect and and the body seemed to pull up pretty well waking up on the day before the run so talking about you know your support crew there throughout the weekend that they are just as important as you focusing it's a whole team thing so who were your support support crew what were their roles and what could they and couldn't they do yeah so i had a really great support crew and i'd been told before i'd 
I did the race to really make sure that the crew is really important, make sure you have a good team. And I couldn't quite understand why they were saying it's so important. But once you're there, you really realize that is they're the ones that follow you around the three days. They're the ones who are getting you prepared before each day. And logistically, it's a bit of a nightmare trying to get it all ready because you're covering big ground. You're you know, as you, with all triathlons, there's a lot of gear to remember with swimming, biking and running. Um, and it's a double marathon. So preparing for things if go wrong on the third day is having spare shoes and socks and have all your equipment. So it's it's all that preparation, having backups in case things go wrong. And for example, on day one and two, I got flats and, and my team came together and quickly were able to to change the wheel on my bike so that I could go out because I my zit wheels had an issue and I couldn't blow it up with the 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 gas so they had to come in and swap the tires and and things like that worked really well um, and then just them feeding in the nutrition throughout the three days because you're out there for eight ten so hours each day and so if as you know like if you've got to get that nutrition in every day during the race as well so you're okay the next day and they did really well of feeding me up so it's all i had three people in the team i had katrina my partner who'd obviously ran the roller coaster with me getting ready for the race um i had tommy stevens a good mate from school and then who actually got me into triathlon as well so he was the the guy i can blame for getting me through that first half ironman and then i had angela ballerini who's um who's a local canberra triathlete as well with a lot of triathlon ironman experience as well and 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 was my training partner for quite a few years so understood me understood the sport so i guess i i picked three people with very different elements but could really work seem to really work together to to help me on race days now when i talk to ultra marathon runners who run over multiple days there's a point where they start hallucinating and things like that. Do you get that in Ultraman or not so much because you are getting the sleep and, and that's generally with this, you know, sleep dep deprivation is normally where you have those problems. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you're getting good sleep. You As soon as you finish for the day, you quickly get medically checked and then you're out of there, you're straight home to recover for the next day. So it's pretty good sleep each night and and the nutrition's good too. So you, as I said, you've got your aid car with you following you the whole three days. So it means that you're not going into that glycogen depletion. You're never, I don't think you're going into that state of, of yeah, the ability to go to those places that might, even in an Ironman where you miss your nutrition is you, for me, fortunately, I was able to have no issues with my nutrition, definitely. And I think for that reason, I just didn't go to that severely fatigued glycogen depleted state. So you have a career as an exercise physiologist. What do you think are the greatest opportunities missed by age group athletes when it comes to fulfilling their potential? Yeah, definitely. From my exercise physiology background and, and coaching athletes now as well, I, I'm realizing there's just that missed balance between quality and quantity and that analyzing data in the appropriate ways is I think too many age group athletes are looking at their statistics of 
how many kilometers they're riding or running and swimming a week and and they're looking at those numbers or they're looking at their Strava numbers of whether they're PB and comms and everything but they're missing the real deeper levels of fatigue quality and and analyzing their stress levels and when they should be recovering when they should be pushing hard and yeah I think that's the biggest misconception in in definitely triathlon is from a more endurance focused sport is we definitely we feel more is better and that's not the case as i'm really realizing is we've got to stress that body out but we've got to have it recovering as well and and i think a lot of triathletes you know they stress out and they just put too much stress through their bodies and they forget that they're balancing their training with work and life stressful balances situation and it's hard to balance all that but yeah it's it's looking at the numbers and and not stressing and pushing yourself too much that your body's not adapting to getting better so talking about adapting and getting better what's next for dave halpin so i'm currently in the process of of the bigger next goal is Ironman WA in Bustleton in December, so that's uh, four months away. Uh, I'm going to use Sunny Coast Half Ironman next month actually, so that's just under four weeks time as a check where my speed is. Really, it's used to get the motivation up as well to keep that Ironman training going. But yeah, the next big race is, is Ironman WA in December. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Dave. Really appreciated having you on the podcast and we look forward to seeing how you go at Sunshine Coast and then up in uh, Ironman WA later in the year. Thanks for having me, Craig. That's a wrap, Emily. It's been a great show. Excellent interview with Dave Halpin talking about his race at Ultraman Australia. And also we're talking about a bit of science there as well because he's an exercise physiologist, Great chance to understand a little bit different sides of the sport. This weekend, Foundation Coach course coming up. Emily, exciting to take your mentorship to another level? Yes, very excited. And uh, also next weekend, we have the test event for the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. So the test event for triathlon occurs in Tokyo for both um, the triathletes and paratriathletes. That happens next weekend, so that's between the 15th and 18th of August. Um, so check it out on Triathlon Live. And we've got, obviously, Emily Taps over there. Clint Picken is also over there from Canberra, as well as a bunch of amazing Australian athletes who are taking on the rest of the world and hoping to get that advantage, that psychological advantage, leading into next year, um, Tokyo Olympics. If they finish in the top three, so this is for... The triathletes, if they finish in the top three and they are the first Australian, then they get automatic selection. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Otherwise, it's discretionary. So it is so important for those Aussie athletes, but there's a lot of countries also putting the Olympic qualification, similar sort of thing at that race. It's going to be hotly contested. It's actually going to be really hot too, looking at conditions at the moment. There's going to be a big event. So check it out. And then also for those para triathletes, They've got an opportunity to really cement their spot for Tokyo next year, get those crucial qualifying points and make sure they're there on the start line in Tokyo in 2020. Been a great, great couple of weeks. We've got lots happening and um, it's, it's awesome to see so many people signing up as members and receiving your feedback at the moment as well. So keep it up, train smart, train well and look after yourselves. Cool, till next time. 
Be a part of the Triathlon ACT community by visiting www.triathlonact.com.au. If you enjoyed this episode of the Triathlon ACT podcast, we encourage you to share it on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn and leave a review on your favourite podcast app. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to contact Craig or Emily at director at act.triathlon.org.au with your feedback, questions and suggestions. Be sure to check out the next episode of the Triathlon ACT podcast.